You have reached Antioch Speak. <laughs> Live reporting from my, my dining room. <laughs> yeah. So you have a covenant that God makes with King David that there would be a king that would reign on his throne forever. Somewhere along the line, people have taken women, honor men, and, you know, obeying men and has twisted it to such a distorted thing that women don't have as much value. In um, she said she, was, she wasn't having a, a panic attack over something bad that happened. She was freaking out because, like, God spoke to her. And um, the Lord told her, I had a vision of me standing before a crowd and preaching the gospel to a bunch of people and people getting saved. Success, like thinking that success will fulfill the emptiness in you and success will make you feel worthy and it will give you worth and in, in a sense like I believe God wants us to be successful but success doesn't mean money, it doesn't mean women or men or designer bags or billion dollar homes or you know a bunch of zeros in your bank account because people can say oh I serve a church but they can serve it without having their heart in it they can serve it for the image of serving a church there's a difference between I've learned over between watching my parents serve watching other people serve and just serving in different churches and in different environments that it's a lot to do with the heart of the person and how they come off and how they serve. AntiochSpeaks.com. Check in. Every day, new podcast coming. Can't wait to see you there. Antioch Speaks has just developed a really cool little episode thing called The Awakening. It's going to be featuring Brent and Nyla. Today we have a special guest, Bryson Burchell, who's going to do a little segment called Let's Debate, and they're always hard-hitting topics. It's going to be so much fun. Um, but first, I just want to start with, who are you? Where are you going? Where'd you come from? What's going on? All right, so a little background about me. My name's Nyla, born and raised in a suburb of Las Vegas, Nevada called Henderson. I went to Green Valley High School. I don't know. I feel like I should say this. I went to high school with Tana Mojo. So oh, who's that? She is a very well-known um, YouTuber. Okay. Yeah. So I went to high school with her. Um, actually, not her. But yeah, that's the kind of background I grew up in. Um, my mom was a Christian. Very strong Christian. She's still alive. I was going to say she is a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and she raised me like to know who God was. And I can't remember a time when I didn't know who God was. But, um, and then when I was in high school, I got introduced, I started partying and stuff like that. And then I had a boyfriend when I was 16, we got heavy into drinking and partying. He ended up being an alcoholic, trying cocaine, got, I don't know if he got addicted, but he was doing it behind my back. And he eventually, we ended up splitting up because he chose that over me. So then flash forward to 18, 18 years old, I am partying, experimenting with drugs um, doing all types of stuff. I remember the summer that I graduated, I was never home. I was basically lived with my best friend at the time. And, um, we would always go to a town called Summerlin and we'd just go party out there with all the rich kids. And that summer I would always tell everyone, and I'm not exaggerating, there were about five nights that I stayed in and about 
five of those nights, I would say only one or two of those nights I was sober. So that was my life. Um, and I was very, very heartbroken. I could not get over my relationship with that guy. And that is why I was drinking and partying so much. And it got to a point to where I just became angry with God. Um, and I was having terrible demonic dreams, like dreams that I was destined to go to hell was awful. And so finally I was just like, I don't want to believe in hell anymore. So I can't believe in the Bible. So God must be something different. So yeah, I decided that I wasn't going to believe in the God of the Bible. There must be something different because I still knew there was a spirit realm. Um, and so right around that time, I was getting like introduced to the whole YouTube thing and a bunch of videos about like new age beliefs were popping up on there. And I was extremely depressed. I was so depressed. I literally could not believe how depressed I was. So I, um, I <laughs> began to do these new age practices and they actually started working. So I had like a, um, basically a false sense of joy. Um, and I ended up meeting another guy who was into the new age and we dove super deep into it. He had convinced me that I was his, um, twin flame and we had, gone so far deep into the new age that I was so spiritually inclined that I would actually feel like I was on ecstasy when I was sober. So that's kind of gives you an idea. Um, and then finally I had a dream where God showed me everything that I was doing was demonic and I was kind of, I don't know where this place was that I was taken to. The best way I could describe it is hell, but I haven't seen anything in scripture about it, but it was a complete place of torment and it was terrible when I woke up, I decided I was done with New Age. <laughs> Thank God I woke up. Um, I decided I was done with New Age, and I told God I was going to follow him all the way, and I wasn't playing anymore, and I was going to give him everything. And so I surrendered, and then I moved to Georgia, where we wow. are now. And yeah. That's the cool part. Yep. Got married. Yep. So really cool. Nice to meet you, Nyla. Nice um, to meet you. I'm Brent. I am a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. My story is very, very typical. Single mother home, lots of different boyfriends, stuff like that. A lot of um, pain and trauma as I was growing up. Things uh, hurt a lot, so drugs and alcohol were a comfort. Um, and I got really deep into it. Um, I started doing all kinds of stuff, stealing from people just constantly. I stole from family members, stole from good friends. Um, I left destruction everywhere I went. If someone employed me, I destroyed their place of work. If I had any perks from that job, then I sucked it dry. Um, if anyone had any kind of resources around me, I, I took it as much as I could until they would cut me off. Um, I took advantage of my mother really bad for a long long time and the only thing that ever really made me feel good at the time was to get high but I started to figure out after years and years of the behavior and lots and lots of destruction that none of this was my fault um, when I looked around and I had criminal record and I couldn't get hired anywhere and I had bad credit and no one wanted to answer the door when I came I figured it was just everybody else's problem not that wasn't anything I was doing I was uh, just behaving like any human would and everybody else was being 
unreasonable with me. Um, that led me to some rock bottom places. I would go on to short uh, sobriety to get resources back. Um, I would stay sober for a couple of months and then maybe get a job and a couple paychecks and start getting high again. Um, I might get sober for a couple months and you let me come stay with you and I start getting high again. Uh, and then I had, I fell in love and I guess that was probably a twin flame type of thing or soul tie. I don't know, but she ended up pregnant. Uh, we never got married and she was just as addicted as me. So she had no real interest in raising a child. She called it a mistake several times. Um, and blamed me and then left. Uh, my daughter was very young when she left. Um, a lot of people kicked in, my mom and, and my cousin, and helped me raise her, and I didn't really get sober from having a child. I just kept trying to function uh, with a kid and a job. And a couple years went by, and a lot of different struggles with courts and, and trying to uh, get full custody of her and different situations like that. But I ended up in a situation where she was afraid to get in the car with me, and that was the final hit for me, and I started to seek getting sober. I've always thought that I was Christian, but a functional relationship with Jesus was not something I knew was real. My idea of Christianity, I always like to say, was like a jacked-up, fancy uh, F-250 truck and it's got lights on it and it's squatted and it's got a system in it but if you needed to actually use it for something like taking plywood or concrete you couldn't uh, that was my Christianity it was a big fancy thing I ran to God to get saved from situations not to hold his hand and walk through life with him um, now if you look at my life it's a real dirty F-250 that you can actually use the word of God to function um, and I think that's my ministry and I think that even though I didn't dabble in the new age like Nyla did I dabbled with spiritual malady stuff when I was addicted to drugs I worshiped um, getting high I, I spent all my money on it and it was a form of worship just as she worshiped certain things to get relief we have similar walks yeah. in life and I think it's a miracle that we know each other and that we're friends. I, I think I've said that before. And now here we are making an awakening show. I definitely think too about like how you had to go through recovery. I had to go through recovery. So even though I wasn't like a drug addict, I had a lot of things that I had to recover from. For it takes, my and, and there's still kind of a residual yeah. trauma that's there. And when you talk about twin flame and soul ties, my daughter's mom, that was something I struggled with for a long time to get yeah, disconnected. It was, ugh, it was gross. So, very cool, very cool. So, we broke this show down. This is who we are. Um, we're both Christians now. Um, definitely on fire for, for Christ and getting the ministry out. Um, we broke it down in a few segments. Um, one thing I want to do every time we do one of these episodes is a scripture. A scripture that we like at the time. I, I feel like I wake up in the mornings to new scripture and I want to share one and have you share one or whatever. So let's start with your scripture for the day. Scripture of the day so segment. My scripture that I have been thinking about a lot lately, um, it's Psalm 19, 1. And I'm not going to read the first part, but this is basically what the verse says. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. The firmament. Can I call it the skies? 
Yeah. Okay. Because flat earthers like to call the firmament the glass dome above us. <laughs> I, okay, so just, you know me, so you know, like, I love to look at this guy. Flower and child of Christianity. <laughs> I don't know why, but there's something, like, I love humans, I love water, I love the sky. Like, the sky is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen besides, like, seeing love in a human being. Like, looking at the sky, it's just, there's nothing like it on earth. And I just, I've just been thinking about that verse and just, like, talking to God, like, what is that? What are you talking about? What are you talking about right there? (laughs) (laughs) What are you trying to say to me? Like, what's going on? So I just look up there and I'm like, you want to send me something? (laughs) Yeah, I I really like that scripture because it is creation. It's... And I remember someone saying, oh, you don't believe in God, but the evidence for God is everything that's created. Because artists try to emulate that sky, and they can never match what it looks like in the morning when you see it, or when you wake up on the beach and you 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 see the sun rising on top of the ocean. Looking out at vast bodies of water used to give me so much anxiety because it's so massive. But when you think about he created that to... I think of it this way. I might be wrong. You correct me if I'm wrong, but he created that to entertain us, to entertain David. To, well, one it's time for us. Bryson told me this, and I knew it was from the Holy Spirit, and he was like, I was feeling down, and he said, like, look outside, look at the trees, go look at the animals, go look at the squirrels. He's like, God made those so you could admire them. It's a huge go cure for depression, them. right? Go outside. Yeah, just, go, <laughs> just go look at all the... How can you not look at a squirrel? <laughs> and if you get into your Bible and you keep reading your Bible, you hear that, you know, the, the trees and everything are worshiping God. If you sit outside and just look for an hour and picture everything's just worshiping God. It's amazing. It is, Creation's it amazing. And you have this crazy love for humans. So I feel like we're going to do a segment on polling. And I'm just going to throw some numbers out that probably aren't real. I don't know. But I bet if you polled 10 Americans on liking humans, nine of them would say no. I mean, oh, currently yeah. everybody's wearing masks, and people give you the people weirdest look if you most get close people, to them. Yeah, but not you. You're crazy about human beings. <laughs> I like—I don't know. I just like humans. Everyone's so interesting. Everybody's different. Everybody thinks different. And yes, like it, it can be frustrating, like hanging out with people. But like, I just want like I see a human, I'm like, oh, did you see God? Because he's so cool. Yeah, like, yeah, he's created all of us, and I like humans. I think they're funny and interesting, and. I have a uh, weird thing where it's like I want to know all of them. When I go yeah. somewhere, I was like, man, I want to know his story. I want to know her story. I want to know how did that, where did they meet? Like, have you ever looked like a, a mom and dad in a store and they've got like two kids, young kids, and he's interacting with them and you're thinking, where did these two meet? Did they, that's like, a good thing. To, no, I have not. I do, that's, that's my flower child stuff. Is I, I, and when I'm in public, I'm like, these people. What do they do for a living? Why? Why do they do that for a living? Like how, you know. I think like, what do you, like, what are these people thinking right now? Like, God, are they, are they thinking about you? Are they thinking about you right now? Are they stressing about? Are they stressing about money? Are they stressing about health? What's their favorite color? (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite color? (laughs) Um, All right, so what do we got next? Oh, the next segment is Russia and Ukraine. And there was no way of going from the beauty of God's creation to war. There was no like. Well, I think it, it in a way the war is terrible, but this is a beautiful thing that's happening because it is a sign. I, I, you um, know, I just remembered the, the, the phone call because we were talking about stuff. 
doing a segment on good things that have come out of COVID. Do you remember that? Yes. I forgot about that. And I forgot not about that. too. <laughs> so good things that are coming out of war? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're going to talk about... Um, are you into me? politics? Have you ever... Yeah, it's Putin. Politics? No, I am an uneducated fool when it comes to politics. I don't know nothing about politics. Back a long time ago, when you were young, you know, little girl, Barack uh-huh. Obama was our president. <laughs> yeah. During that time, the media, because I was an old man <laughs> back then, an uh, old professional man, the, the media would pump how fit Obama was. Do you remember that? Yeah, everybody loved him. Every day on TMZ or, or, or CNN or anywhere, Barack Obama, shirtless. Yeah, Barack Obama running. Did he Does smoke? He play tennis or something? Oh, he smoked cigarettes, but we didn't talk about that. We talked about his running and his all of his little <laughs> healthy things. When they were doing that, they did that with Putin. Putin, because Russia stays up with our media, they uh-huh. they try to compete. So Putin actually did a photo shoot with his shirt off on top of a horse. <laughs> so Putin's been around for a long time. That's kind of you know what that kind of is a bit strange to me that he was on top of a horse. And I'm I'm not saying this is like prophetic or something, but if you think about the um, horsemen and stuff, that's now a bit... this is a good transit because I believe you had Saddam Hussein when you were a little girl. Do you remember him? I know the name. Was he a terrorist? He was. He Please was, don't tell me I'm. Racist. He was the president of um, Iraq. Okay. Okay, but he was a dictator. 99% okay. of the country voted for him because that 1% died we have to, to vote against him. Well, which part? <laughs> it yeah, well, yeah. No, we Okay. 9-11 happening yes. caused Saddam to be tried by his own country and they hung him for crimes. Okay, so he it's okay that you use the word terrorist. You didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Saddam was, he killed his own family members. Oh. Like he was terrible. They knew the Bible Saddam knew what the Bible said mm-hmm. in the late 80s and early 90s. He understood. Muslims understand what the Christian Bible says. And what that article you and I just read before this show started about Putin, he knows what the Bible says. It appears that a lot of people in this world that have narcissism, you know, personalities or they're dictators or whatever, almost try to push us towards prophecy. Well, because clearly they're not being ruled by the Holy Spirit. I mean, I know the Holy Spirit can work in any man. Yeah, sure. But even though this is my opinion, I could be wrong, but this is what I'm thinking, Satan knows his time is short. So he is eager to have his little rule. He's scared for the end, but he wants to get that glory. He wants to take all those souls I used to think about this all the time. Is Satan, when he was tempting Jesus, he knows he loses, right? I I thought that too, but I I don't. I think in his mind, I think he's kind of he knows he's defeated, but he is. He's called the King of Pride. He's delusional. I mean, if you've, I've encountered many demons and I've dealt with them. They really think. They are the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like, they think they are so powerful. Because if you think, they're not. But if you think about it, the majority of people on earth are under their rule. Yeah. So they're 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 pretty puffed up. We would have been there if it wasn't for God. The importance of just one. Just one. You and I both say that prayer. We both realize, like, 
getting this word out and all that kind of stuff is just for one person get saved this would be worth it yeah. so I think the devil probably sees it the same way just one soul tormented in God's face is worth it to him maybe yeah. so having that said um, this Russia and Ukraine situation is coming to end times you think oh yeah I mean I I when I surrendered those about like four or five years ago I really felt like Jesus was coming in like no time and I felt I had this feeling in my spirit that before Jesus came it was kind of kind of be undeniable yeah like either you're gonna choose him or you're deliberately going to choose the other side because I don't believe God's gonna let the world end before he makes it clear like with um, Noah he made it very, like, I mean, Noah was preaching, they say, for like a hundred years. It took him a mm-hmm. while to, to build that ark. That's what and I, he was no, I got into a conversation about that, too. People were talking to Noah about this ark he was building. When, when Noah got back and the, and the waters had re, uh, uh, recessed and they were gone, mm-hmm. he came back to destruction of humans. Some of these people he had relationships with, yeah. friends, co-workers, I don't know, but... Because people talk about that. His alcoholism when he came back. I mean, there was a lot of pain here. He yeah. Wiped off people that maybe had mocked him. Just like if you and I get mocked today, we still want these people to go to heaven. Like, I'm not, I don't want these people to go to hell just because they dislike me. I'm sure Noah felt that way too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't want all these people to be dead. And he had to come back to, yeah. I don't know how he ended up. I mean, that, even God, like, after it happened, God was like... I'll never he do this hurt. again. Yeah. 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 Rainbows. Creation. <laughs> um, so very cool. So um when I was when I was young, I have I had like three things go through my head when we we're talking about this. So one of them was um the the gift of salvation. For some reason it popped in my head when we we're talking about it, right? So um what what do we have to do to be saved. What what do we have to do? What is our responsibilities? What are our what is expected of us once we receive Jesus? So I believe we get responsibility. Okay, this is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I 100% believe that we are saved by faith alone. There is no good work. There is nothing that we can do but have faith in Jesus. However, once you are saved there are responsibilities that you have. Do I believe that these responsibilities are requirements for you to remain saved? No. And a lot of people may be angry that I say that, but I I believe that you have these responsibilities and this is what God intends for you. He intends for you to seek Him daily. He intends for you to worship Him in spirit and truth. He intends for you to be loving to others. And He intends for you to to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel. But do I believe that if someone does not do that, that they are not going to stay saved? Right. And so I feel like when I first got saved, some of the Bible stories I was taught as a kid, I thought of them like superhero stories, right? Like obviously Noah we already talked about or um, Samson and Delilah, things like that. They were just superhero movies to me. Samson was just yeah. like Superman or, or Spider-Man or something. It wasn't real. Um, then I got saved, and obviously the first one was King David. Because I knew the story of David and Goliath. 
I knew the story of King David, but I didn't realize they were the same people until after I got saved. So, of course, I start reading the story of King David out of my Bible. And I found out, it's like, after you get saved, you've got to read your Bible. It's a responsibility to read your Bible if you have received Christ. You know, I guess many people don't, I would imagine, you know. A lot of people get saved and they never read, but so anyway, I don't know if that's off. I don't know where we are, but well, I think though it's interesting that you brought up King David because I was thinking about literally our little blog post about what are you gonna say or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about when David like really messed up. He did not tell God, "Oh God, look at everything that I've done for you." Yeah, he look how good fell on his face Humble. and said, "God, have mercy on me." Yeah, yeah. Because he knew there was not like Isaiah is the same way. When Isaiah started to face heaven, he did the same thing. Yeah. He's like, "I don't deserve to be here." Like this is, which I think I'd feel it same way too if he like walked in all. right now. I think I'd be like, "Oh yeah," it's like because he's so good. Like he's so good. So good. Very very good point. Okay, so we try to do all church, all the time, all over the place. Mm. Um, so if you are in our area, Kennesaw, Canton, Jasper area, there are church services all the time. Um, yes. We go to Five Stones Church, so Wednesday night at 7 p.m. there is a service. Sunday mornings at 11 there is a service. Um this specific week, there is a worship night at a barn club, and I don't think I have the address. I'm not prepared for that. I think someone can get me the address, so I'm going to keep talking, and when I get the address, I'm going to tell you the address. Um, every Friday night, there's Ark Family Church in Ackworth. Um, there's a service every Friday night. They also have a service Sunday. They have youth events every other seven o'clock. Um, once a month. And then another cool service once a month on Sunday night is Worship with Wonders. You can Google that. That's in Powder Springs. That's awesome. This Sunday is also Winter Jam. Yes. Have you been to Winter Jam? No. I've never been. The only like, the only thing I've been to like remotely like that, which isn't like a stadium or anything, was Remnant Rally. <laughs> was never that not the coolest any... thing? The Remnant Rally was, the that was ridiculous. Uh, um, okay, so I was going to say this. I loved concerts when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. I went every weekend because we lived uh, in Akron, Ohio, which was about 45 minutes from Blossom Music Center, and you could cut a we cut a hole in the fence, so you'd walk about 20 minutes through the woods and break into the concert for free. <laughs> and I've seen every like every kind of genre of music you can imagine because every weekend we just go to Blossom for free and, and hang out. And one of the biggest things, and I, I was talking to Bryson about this, is. When I'd go to these shows, I wouldn't even have to know the music. And I would freak out, and I would dance, and I'd get muddy, and I'd get sweaty, and I would freak out. And then i come to Christ. i get saved. I love the music. I love worship music. But every time I'd go to church, I'd just stand there. Like, I didn't want you to think I was weird. Yeah. You know, we all got in our best Sunday outfit, show up at church, and so I'd just be like, yeah, no matter how cool the song was, you know. Uh, David Crowder's up on the stage and I'm just kind of going, eh, you know, he loves us, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, a buddy of mine said to me, he's like, man, didn't you used to go to shows all the time and just be <laughs> crazy and be stupid? And I was like, yeah, I'd scream. I'd have no voice at the end. And he's like, now you're in the presence of the one who created you. And yeah. you just stand there going like, 
you know, and I, I still didn't really release it until Worship with Wonders. Worship with Wonders, we did an altar call back in August, yeah. and he he was like, "Do you want more?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he put some oil on my head, and it I stopped caring what anybody else is doing. We can go to the deadest church, and I hear the Lord, and all of a sudden I, I just freak out, like I can't, you know. And this summer, since uh, since then, we were we went to a thing in downtown Woodstock, and it was raining on us. I had my shoes off. I was just with Brandon. You know, your cousin Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> He's yelling, Jesus! <laughs> we just had so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, Winter Jam's cool. I went, um, and there was like maybe 8,000 people there back in the old Georgia Dome. And everybody started singing the same song. And it was a worship song. And I was like, this is too it's overwhelming. Awful, huh? Oh my gosh, it's overwhelming. That many people worshiping God. I definitely um, worship with wonders. That is, I've never seen anything like that. If you're local, There's, you have to go. I mean, everyone there is hungry for God. That is a place that you go to if you are desperate for the Lord. It is not. You are not going to go there and get your cute little Sunday service. Absolutely not. So cool transition is music. I remember yes, when we first stuff. ended up in group snaps and group texts, you brought up Red Rock Worship. Is Red Rock's right? Worship, yeah. And when they came out. And so I kind of wanted to do a segment like that. Is new music, things that you're into. Um, the one thing I will talk about is Travis Green. I don't know if you've heard of him. You know who he is. He's got a brand new album. Um, Kirk Franklin's on it. A couple other people from gospel. And I love it. And I think it's amazing. And you should check it out. If you're listening, Travis Green with me, he's got an amazing testimony. Um, I got, so I got some artists and then I got, well, I got one artist and then I've got a song that I've just been listening to that I think is just insane. Um, so this guy, his name is called Manny Moolah and I know that he's not what you think. Is he this is, rap music? Yes, he is a Christian I rap artist. I because I liked hip hop so he much. He is... This man is cool. I think um, he talks about his testimonies in his or his testimony in his songs, and I believe he was a gangster, and God saved him. And he's got so he's got this song called "Understand God Fear," and I believe I don't know if it's an album, but he's got this whole little. It might just be an EP. Okay. Um, but yeah, he is good. Um, and his song, <laughs> he's got a song called Holy Steppin' and it's pretty funny. Okay. But it, it's it's good music. It's raw. It's what the world needs. It's not this cute little sugar-coated look at my money and all this that I got. No, it's like... <laughs> You're not calling anybody yeah. out. Any specific people out? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. And then uh, there's this song that recently has been brought to my attention i don't know how old this song is but it, i find it remarkable it, it's just the lyrics are insane it's called vapor by liturgist liturgist yes and the song says trees clap their hands for you oceans they dance for you you are holy and it's so profound wow <laughs> it's yeah wow. it's i it's a beautiful song so that's a very cool, very cool. Maverick City has got new music, Elevation Worship. Yes. It's got something new coming yes. out. Um, and my girlfriend plays the keyboard for Ark Family Church, who's coming out with their own 
album, their own little thing. Yes, so that's kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. It's a special little project. Um, not a bad segment. I want to do the music segment uh, next time. Yes. Let's, next time we do this show, like let's do a, yes. a a little bit better than this at, at the music segment. We did good, but I, more we like could a little do bit more structure. Yeah, yeah, you did. I, I'm going to check out both of the rappers, so that was cool. I think I appreciate that. You'll like them. All right, next segment. I'm calling it the Christian polling. All right. Um, I I was flipping through a lot of different polls. I just kind of do it all the time, and one of the pollings that I came up with with Christianity is that less than one percent of current American Christians actually share their faith with their neighbors and the people they work with and according to the polling the uh, unchurched people say that they would come to church if their churched friends would invite them then I read I found this article when we were talking about this and it said that 50 percent of American Christians think evangelism is wrong oh yeah because they're told that um we're like forcing our religion or God, we're like throwing God at people's face or like beating them with the Bible. It's such a it's inappropriate because they don't really believe God is the only God. Right? They believe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's many, many different ways, <laughs> but it's so contrary to what our Bible says, right? So, because Jesus was very specific about us going and making disciples, men, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But if you take evangelism out, at least in the context or the definition as I understand it then you pretty much just neuter that whole thing of discipleship. Yeah. How will anyone get to know God if nobody's talking about him? (laughs) And and how about, so Christians think that we're doing something wrong by putting this on our neighbor, but secretly the neighbor's doing a poll somewhere saying, well, if if somebody would invite Invite me, I'd go. Like, I'd be a part of this. What is it that's so awesome about this that you're not um, not sharing it should be sharing it mm-hmm. um, and then I guess at the end of the day like even when we talk about these projects that we work on uh, reaching one person's worth it mm-hmm. I mean hell's real heaven's yeah. real so I think too like you just said heaven's real something that's been like in my brain like that I feel like God is trying to show me is like okay yes you've seen hell but like heaven is real heaven is, heaven real. is a reality like exactly exactly yeah heaven is a real thing okay cool so i got another segment we're gonna have a little transition here um i guess give your little mic to bryson and let him sit in we're gonna do the let's debate segment oh my gosh these have gotten i mean we've gotten to a point with let's debate where it's where it's debatable if these are even something we should be doing at all (laughs) What? You're making me stop? I don't care that, about that that much. Oh, this thing's not showing me. Is it not working or something? What's wrong with that? Is it on 10%? Oh, yeah. Testing, testing. testing. Okay. What's oh. up, Bryson Burchell? Is it Burchell or Burchell? Burchell. Burchell. You know me. We're best friends. Mm, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, I'm not yeah. mad at you. It's not working. It's not staying clipped? All right, so let's debate segment. What are we talking about today? 
Billy Boy. Oh, I think we, when we discussed this, we were talking about the Mosaic Law. Okay. Um, I, I remember in the Bible um, where uh, they were testing him with the Sabbath. Yeah, okay. So you remember, remember one of the disciples broke the wheat? Correct. And they were like, ah, oh, he harvested yeah. wheat on the Sabbath. And Jesus tested them with, if you if you had livestock fall into a hole, you're not going to get it. Is the Sabbath on Saturday or Sunday? All right, look here. I, I don't know. <laughs> All I know is the people I've talked to say that it's on like the end of Friday night, I believe, going into Saturday, and then they don't do anything all day long. Um, so I guess it is Saturday technically, whenever it um, when it starts. Yeah. Okay. So if okay, the Sabbath. The definition is a day of religious observance. Religious. And abstinence from work kept by Jewish people from Friday evening to Saturday evening and by most Christians on Sunday. Okay. Do you think you keep the Sabbath? No, I don't. And it's not, I'm not against the Sabbath, okay? I'm nothing against the Sabbath at all. Are you anti-Semitic? What does it even mean? <laughs> Do you dislike Jews? Jews? I am a Jew. Oh, that's right. One percent, you can I forgot about I'm that. I'm 1% I Jewish. About that. <laughs> I love Jews. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. So You're not against the Jews, no, you're not against the Sabbath. No, no. You're cool with keeping it. Yeah, no. You, I, I'm not keeping keep it with me. <laughs> now we're going Romans 14. Now we gotta... So my thing about the Sabbath is, it's like, if I was required... So, okay, Jesus says that he... Um, what was he saying? Um, Jesus came to fulfill the law, correct? Okay. Not abolish. Okay. That's a, that's a good scripture. Yeah, it's a great scripture. Yeah. And so the number one thing about it is this, okay? It's, Jesus, it says that he came to fulfill the law, okay? So why am I still trying to fulfill something that's already been fulfilled? You know, that's like me saying, oh, I'm going to um, go put gas in my car when it's already a full tank. Okay. You know, and it won't let me. Because it already is full. Yeah, like, it's, it's like trying out. to pour coffee into a coffee mug when it's already full. Like it won't happen. It will just keep running over. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's no point in doing it when it doesn't save you. That's my opinion. And I'm not saying the Sabbath is wrong. I believe Jesus is our Sabbath. I believe that He is the place that we come to rest. We come to peace with, and He's we take. Uh, he says, "My yoke is easy," so we can go to Him for rest. We don't have to take a day off. Like just spending time with Him in general, yeah. I believe could be called the Sabbath. It doesn't. It's not a day, one day. Oh, I don't eat. I don't so work. I'll I don't talk, do anything. I'll talk about that because I have a friend who keeps the Sabbath, and okay. she's really. It's like a big deal to her, and she says it's Saturday. Um, and in a debate of a few of us about two years ago, someone debated very well that it was Sunday okay. and that's where they were at she and she allowed him to have that she said okay it's on Sunday and he said well then I keep the Sabbath which one of our friends said that one time well I think we do keep it and she said well if you watch football on Sunday you're not keeping the Sabbath so I got this idea from her conversation that even if I kept it on Saturday there's something I would do throughout every Saturday that she would say was not keeping exactly. it if I got what up and the made Sabbath toast look like I labored somehow. Yeah, what I, does the Sabbath look like? Sitting in your room all day? Like, I, that, no. I don't know. Reading the Bible and <laughs> And I met him? somebody about that, you know. I met I met a guy that he told me that if I didn't keep the Sabbath, like, I would go to hell. Like I just don't it, think it's true. I, don't, I just don't think it's true. I don't believe that keeping the Sabbath saves you or not. 
Jesus what? saves me, not the Sabbath. I'm sorry. Does this sound do you think hell is real? 155,000%. How do I go there? Not believing in Jesus. It's the only way? The only way. I definitely believe that I did deserve it. The consequence. Yeah. You yeah. deserve hell. Yeah. Jesus came instead that. to um, change your destiny. I'm going to read it. It's Matthew 5.17. I'm going to read it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do not think, and this is the red letters. Jesus, Jesus saying so. I always like that because people like to, if someone else says something like Job, when they said, when Job uh, said, you give and you take away, people are like, well, he was. God said that. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It, it was Job, you know. Okay, so. Jesus said this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Okay. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Fulfill? Just like our segment that your wife and I did on Scripture. What does that mean to you? What does that Scripture mean? When Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but I've come to fulfill them. Just what it says. Like I said earlier, it's why are we trying to keep something that's already been fulfilled? And it, to me, it's like God used the prophets. God God put the law there for everyone to see how sinful they are. Yeah, it says that in the Bible. It says yeah. in Romans. It you, says if you all test yourself to the yep. Mosaic law, you are not going it says to you all keep fall, this We out. all fall short of glory, and it, that's how it is. But the thing is about it is we don't understand. We think that we have to hold on to what Jesus fulfilled, but it says if you try to hold on to what Jesus fulfilled, you're fallen from grace. That there's a grace there now that you will mess up the law every day of your life, no matter how. And it says if you try to keep one, you have to keep them all. You get, yeah. If you fail one, Paul, you failed though. them all. Yeah. Right. Okay. So my thing is, is that you can't avoid being like you won't ever be perfect. Never, ever. And that's why Jesus had to be perfect for him to become our atonement. For I loved this analogy someone gave me. It was five times five is 25. Mm-hmm. If you say 30 and he says 35, you're not five points closer to the right answer. And he's 10. You're both wrong because there's just, just one right answer. And they used that analogy and said, God found one right answer to make heaven perfect. And that was Jesus Christ. Yep. 100%. And like I said, you know, I... I have nothing against if someone wants to keep the law, they will see how sinful they are eventually over time. I believe God will eventually be like, hey, bro, you know, like you're keeping stuff that you're not supposed to and you're falling. You're, you keep falling. You keep falling. You're going to keep falling short every time. I'm going to ask you this. The guy said, if you don't keep the Sabbath, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Do you think if he does do his very best to keep the Sabbath? And fails that he's going to hell. No, yeah. he. That's like um, one of those uh, messianic Jews. Yeah, they they believe in Jesus Christ. They they accept him. But those that's basically what he was. If you want to be serious about it, if you're someone that keeps the law and but you believe in Jesus Christ, he he's was very saying much that. like Peter. Yeah. He was like that, I mean, and was... that's what I'm saying. And so it's like he was basically saying that. He believed that Jesus would forgive his sins no matter what he did. If he failed the law and he did, he would believe, oh, Jesus will forgive my sins. So I was like, okay, I understand that. So you, you obviously believe in God, okay? We're both going to the same place, okay? It does, and he told me, he looked at me, and he said, okay, we're going to see who was right and who was wrong at the end of the Okay, at that brings me to verse 19. Can I say verse 19? Matthew 5, verse 19. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it. Therefore... 
anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. How do you receive that? What is Jesus talking about in Matthew 5? Sermon on the Mount? Matthew five seventeen. he's talking about the law. So, 17, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. 18, he says, okay. for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, nor not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Now, you asked me all the questions. I want you to tell me how you think about that. What is that? What does that when say? When I read that, yeah. number one, it says those who are keeping the law okay. and those of us who are faith is in not, Jesus yep. are both going to heaven. Yep. That's, he didn't decipher one or not wasn't going to go. But he said, in 20, for I tell you that if your righteousness, unless your righteousness surpasses, this is people who have put their faith in the law and not their faith in Jesus, I think will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Taking us back to what I was asking you in the first place. The way into heaven is Jesus, mm -hmm. not the law. The law will not get you to heaven. But those who are keeping the law and preaching it to you will go to heaven. Yeah, and they, they thought that I was deceived. See, I can look at this scripture right here and say, bro, you, you believe in Jesus, right? Yeah, and I keep the law. Okay, you're going to heaven. I have nothing. And like I said. You weren't hateful or angry no. at all. You were just saying, that's a he, big waste of energy. I was like, bro, like, like, bro you're going to make it. But at the same time, you're like. You're making it to heaven, but you're not going to be able to keep this no, law. Like, you're going to keep struggling over and over. Your lifestyle is going to be. 12 hours a day before you go to bed, unless you have to go to bed a certain way. Sorry. Yeah. You know, the Bible says something else about bedtime. You yeah. know, like my thing is, is that you, can, you cannot hold on to this law and be like, yeah, I want to hold on to Jesus too, because Jesus is taking someone this direction. You're doing this. This is already accomplished. You're standing still, basically. That's in the past now. Jesus yeah. is all the way He's over moving. here. I'm not saying that Jesus is not with this guy yeah. or not with people that keep the law. Yeah. But the law has already been accomplished. It's already been fulfilled. It's already been just put away. It was there to show why we need yeah. it. And now Paul says we have been set free from the law. So Boom. just like in Romans 7, it says um, he was she, Paul was talking about how a woman that is once married, if if he if she leaves him and goes be with another man, she's committed adultery right. or uh, you know has gotten the technically divorced or whatever. Yeah. Um, she is still under the law, and she is punished by the law for that. It says though that if her husband dies and she remarries, she's not under the law anymore. So it's the same thing with Jesus. Whenever you you have died to the law. You married Jesus. Like you, the die, the law died. So yeah. now you're married to Christ. So we're the widow, yep. widows of the law. Yep. So Christ now, guess what? You're now in a place of freedom. It's all about freedom. It's not about holding you into some type of bondage and chains. Because that's I believe that's what it does. If you want to keep the law, write us emails. Yep. And I'll tell you straight up. Call Bryce's phone right. number. Yep. 
Do you want to say that one? Yeah, tell me your phone number. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to have I'm four gonna, calls. I'm going to get a line for this Dude, just for Antioch tweets. Bro, I'm gonna please. Get, I'm be like, hello. We looked at the website and there's 270 visitors. I think it's time to get a phone. Yep, we're going to get a home phone. Put it right get here. A home phone. Hello. <laughs> no, 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 no. Someone's calling <laughs> it right after we said that. <laughs> the wall is... <laughs> Antioch speaks, just not to you. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk to you. <laughs> next, this is what we're doing on the next episode. So tune in. Um, definitely, we're working on one tomorrow, for sure. Um, we're going to touch good things that have happened from COVID lockdowns and COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, some good things that have happened from us abandoning the Afghanistan war because Joe Biden left and left all our military equipment there. Um, we're just talking about more music, more events, more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Antioch Speaks. Dot com. <laughs>